It's 6 p.m., and the sky is already turning the color of push pops, a beautiful pastel orange floating above a sunflower horizon. I was Beto O'Rourke just five hours ago, but then my buddy Greg came over with some shrooms and we took them. Now I am a sentient bag of spiders, but I still want to be your president. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you this while I stand on a coffee table flapping my wings like the majestic condor I saw eating the sun a few minutes ago. I'm going to be president for the same reason that I started a punk band. Because I will it to be true. And because it would be cool. No one from a punk band has ever been president, and neither has a sentient bag of spiders. This is our time. When I think of El Paso, I think of time and how it sweeps through all cities and bodies and the very molecules that make up this great country of ours. Think about it. A molecule that was once part of Hitler's mustache might have found its way into the burrito lovingly created by a hardworking immigrant. That's what's going to bring us together. That and health savings accounts. In El Paso, we have an army base called Fort Bliss, named after Lieutenant Commander William Bliss, the son-in-law of President Zachary Taylor. When we, all the spiders in this flesh bag you still call Beto, become president, all the military bases will be called Fort Bliss. This will help our warriors stay mindful of joy and think consciously before engaging our enemies at home and abroad. I want every American soldier to know that the heaving mass of arachnids in the Oval Office cares deeply about their mental health. I am going to turn every post office into an orange Julius. Man, a triple berry Julius would be fucking choice right now. Right now, everyone is so divided. But no one is as divided as me, a self-propelled meat container of over 10,000 individual black spiders. Oh, one just had babies. So make that 12,000. Life is such a beautiful curse I want to engulf with my children. I met a nursing student at the University of Texas at El Paso who told me that she wants to get her nurse's practitioner license so she can open up a clinic on the border and help her community. I think this is a beautiful expression of humanity's love, which is why I will honor her commitment by erecting the most elaborate web of means-tested educational tax credit incentive schemes and sticky protein fibers that the world has ever seen. Within it, we will capture the greatest minds of this generation and approximately 10 billion houseflies. I will eat all of them. The smoke detector is going off again, or I am dying. So let me close by saying this. I may look like your average human, but I am literally a multitude of tiny spiders clamoring over each other in a vain attempt to escape this fleshy prison you call a body. It would be so rad if I could be your president. Peter, a real one. <laughs> you know, Be- Beto, you 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 ran a, a terrible campaign. It was total dog shit. But you know, we had some fun times along the way. Uh, you got to stay away from the children that you hate. You know, you hate your children and you're mean to your wife. So your wife probably had like a pretty decent affair while you were on the campaign trail. That's pretty Jesus. cool. <laughs> you know, but you know, in general, you know, you're you just ran a terrible, forgettable campaign. Uh, that was pretty quixotic and was never going to win. 
it was pretty cool when he was doing knuckle push-ups on the carpet uh, in the hotel because uh, or the airport. Did you, did you guys see? Yeah, this? yeah. yeah, they, yeah. So they had a couple minutes. Yeah, because because those carpets they're not plush. So you know, be, or sanitary. Be, yeah, so Beto, you know, busting out those knuckle push-ups. You know? I thought he, he was the tallest, and the tallest literally always wins president. So I think he should have stayed in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. Yeah, Donald Trump's a big baby. Isn't it true though yeah. that like I like think a, so? He, he, yeah, the tallest candidate pretty much always wins. Yeah, Donald Trump has I'm not like joking about that. Big baby Huey energy. <laughs> He does, yeah. you know. <laughs> he really does. Like, I mean, not only does he wear a diaper, uh, like everywhere he goes, um, you know. Uh, which man, I, I really wish people talked more about. Yeah, gotta um, fill those pleats, yeah. fill the fill those pleated pants. <laughs> but he's also, you know, like it, on. It, it, you could. I know he's like playing some type of like my simple, simple like power mind game when he grabs people by the wrist and like pulls them in, like hugs them in this like really weird way. That's like he's like hugging them like a, a package he's trying to like grip and like lift. Yeah, the, um, those are levels four through six in the twelve dimensional chess. <laughs> it's all all handshakes. But it could just be that he like has no spatial awareness and uh, doesn't really understand that he's like. A, a pretty massive human being and that he's like just baby hewing, you know, it up. I don't think he understands that other people are conscious like human beings. I don't, I'm not sure if he really, you think that. he's got like a Truman show vibe, like internal monologue. No, I think it's, he, he's so solipsistic that yeah. like he, he is the inverse Truman. Like he thinks that the, I kind of, I like that idea that he thinks that he's the only real thing in the universe. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think he is. A, that's that's exactly what what he thinks. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, 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 it's almost odd that that isn't a more apparent phenomena when it comes to like people who are these like really power brokey, like uh, you know, type A hyper competitive uh, political types. Yeah, you know, anyone that runs for for president is to some degree a psychopath, except for Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> Who who is who is perfect in here? Mike Gravel. Mike Gravel. If you haven't seen the picture of Bernie Sanders wearing a little reindeer hat, you need to just turn off this pot. Just throw your phone in the off. trash. First of all, it has not served you well. Throw it in the trash. No, but you should really look it up. Maybe that'll be the episode art. Maybe. You, th- you, know, you throw so the phone in the trash. People you see print it. out. You print out the picture of Bernie Sanders in the reindeer hat. You put it in a frame. And that's your phone now. You just carry that around with you and stare at it if, all if, the time. If Bernie Sanders was one of Santa's uh, reindeer, uh, which which one would he be? Uh, now nah, I have to list him first. Uh, I, I'm going. No, with, I'm going know. with Dasher. I don't know. Cause, fuck all about because he's like a a, a really good ru- uh, runner. Like in high school, he like I think he put out like a uh, four minute like thirty second mile or something like. Something like insane. Do, do the do the reindeer have different skills? Well, I guess okay. So there's oh, I, Dasher I and Dancer and yeah, Prancer, Prancer, presumably. And, Vixen. and then apparently Vixen. They, all, they all do those. So Vixen things. is the sexy reindeer. Right. So okay, I'm well, go with Bernie Sanders. Yeah, Bernie Sanders is Vixen. Vixen right. Yeah. Fair well, wait, wait. Then what's Blitzen? <laughs> what, the fuck does, what the fuck does he do? Richard Spencer. <laughs> oh man. How about that Richard Spencer rant? Oh yeah. Guys, uh, yes. It's it is. I think some of the most uh, disgusting audio I've heard recently. He's, he uses the word octoroon, which is like What's that a word whole mean? other level of racism. What does that mean? Um, it, it means you're one eighth black. 
So, because he has this line about all of these octoroons and these, uh, and then he says the K word. Oh, yeah. David, I don't have a K word. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, he says kike. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he just like, he's uh, remixing like nine Sorry. nine decades worth of racism. Yo, it yeah. Just so, it, well, like, he, he has he, all of it. He, yeah. He's, he, he's, he's like a second year grad student who just read like uh, Foucault for the first time. And like now everything is a, a body and a panopticon. Uh, it's just like i, I mean, remember that that phase of my life so so how long do you think it's going to be until you can go back on cnn because like yeah, they're right, definitely having yeah. him back on because they have to always have the two sides so they literally have to have somebody who's like yes i want only white people to be in the nation of the united states or like he what, what is he a, a separatist like what the fuck is his, uh, his white, he's a white nationalist right i think i think yes that's what white nationalist yeah. how the yeah. fuck do they put these people on tv like wh- how, this guy shouldn't be a household name like no, well, don't I, worry I, because they're gonna prop somebody else up yeah. who hasn't been recorded saying these like heinous explicitly racist things and then he'll be the new richard spencer that the media you know baptizes into its fold and then richard spencer spencer will just be milo <sighs> so what uh, 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 yeah sorry yeah so it's just, <laughs> just that guy so what what was the context is i i tried to stay away from this this audio this clip. was at Did, the charlottesville oh oh right this is him reacting yes. to uh the death of uh heather Hare. yes yeah here Wait, but the audio was him reacting to he- to Heather. He- I think Heather? It, he was reacting to the entirety of the the way the protests went down. Oh shit! So this but, was like but, him, yeah, cu- like was... uh, like blowing off steam after getting his ass handed to him in Charlottesville and trying to start yes. a race riot and yeah. instead just murdering somebody, like an IWW, a white woman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, a white woman. But she was um she was an IWW member. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like. That shit was really freaky. I remember that day. It was I, terrifying. Like, I yeah, remember like, seeing, seeing that the video. video like, yeah. Because they were live streaming it. So the video was out like immediately. Like yeah. once it had happened, it God. was already out. Yeah, that shit was really fucked up. Yeah, hopefully uh, the whole white power movement goes away. <laughs> that would be great. I'm, yeah. trying to be, I'm, try, I'm trying to be like really optimistic. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, that would be... I don't know if this audio clip is going to accomplish that much, but... Yeah. No, no, no. But you know what? Audio sure. clip will change the world forever. Oh yeah, which one <laughs> is is our is our big uh, our big round sex pest of a man, our our, our boss baby. Oh my god, oh, boss man. baby, sex pest Steve. Yeah, sex pest Steve, boss baby McLaughlin. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, remind remind the good listeners who Steve McLaughlin is briefly. He briefly. is our duly elected executive, uh, county executive. So he runs the whole county. He's the boss. He's the boss. And so he had a he had a bit of a bit of a meltdown. Yeah. So him and Jim Gordon, who uh, was a city council member here in the great state of Troy, the two of them are having a, a meeting with uh, Tom Real, the um, real real Tom Real. <laughs> I don't know. He he in the audio uh corrects them. Yeah. And okay. and it's funny, at one point uh they're like real. He's like, real, say it right. Real? Yeah, so yeah. the last E is silent. Yeah, yeah, but they refuse to say his name correctly Re- okay. in, during yeah. the- Not, me too. Okay, that was a political statement I was <laughs> yeah. <saying. laughs> no. uh, yeah, so so like uh um hyper real is saying that like he is um not gonna drop out uh, but McLaughlin wants him McLaughlin and, and Gordon want him to drop out 
because Rodney Wiltshire, who is oh, yeah, running... sorry, sorry, if I may interrupt, yeah. Uh, yeah. a little bit of background. So this is the Republican candidate on for the mayor. ballot for mayor in Troy is being sat down by the quote-unquote boss of Rensselaer County Republicanism to, you know, pressure him to drop out of the race and support Rodney Wilshire. Yeah, right. Yes, yeah. Who, as we all know, is a progressive Democrat endorsed by the Working (laughs) Families Party in his last bid for mayor. On the Green Party ticket. This is the he, he's an entrepreneur he's, of a solar panel company. Yes. Right. And he is for the working man. Yeah. This is his fourth time losing <laughs> to, to Patrick Madden. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, has he made a devil's bargain? Is that what it is? Like, yeah, did he just make a devil's bargain with the Republicans because he was that, so desperate to be mayor? That's what it seems like. It's really uh, yeah. like all I can, because I like when we knew him, he was not, you would not have thought him to build affinity with the Republican base, but I mean, like I the, the people that worked for him, like had seemed a little reactionary to me when I was uh, around them. But, but yeah, like it, it, pretty much everyone, like inc- including Anasha, were like running with him on yeah, his first run. I, I'm I'm thinking about and, this, and I think I the first time I ever met Rodney, just as like a little character thing. I think it was around the time that you guys um w- w- knew him. I was volunteering with some organization. Uh, or somebody let me know this thing was happening, but we were cleaning out people's homes. I think it was like Hurricane Irene came through or whatever, like caused a big flood. And there were like some trailers along the river in like North Troy that had like gotten flooded and needed to have like the insulation under the trailer, like ripped out and replaced. Mm -hmm. And I was like crawling under these trailers, like, you know, just getting like all this like moldy, like insulation out. And I think that's where I met Rodney. I think he was also volunteering. So like, you know, like just a little bit of background. I, I'm pretty sure that's the, uh, the, 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 he's a nice guy in the sense of like when I knew him. Yeah. It, or at least he was, but yeah. you know, like now he, he just like seemed to like, you know, he'll just glom onto whatever thing seems, seems likely to propel him into, into power. And so he, he was saying a bunch of, you know, like racist and dumb stuff. <laughs> You know, like, you know, like uh, they they got a the city got a grant for a, a tree survey, and he got on Facebook Live, you know that that modern day pantheon, and uh, and, and just like ranting and shouting about how uh, we don't need to count trees, we need to fill potholes, and yeah, you know, so it was just like this like know nothing campaign that was just so but you know what? beneath him and um, I think, obnoxious. Like I think that that. I can see why that would be really appealing to people because I was noticing this earlier today. So here is something that I think really distinguishes like Madden from Rodney and why somebody who's running on a third party ticket was able to pull out such a squeaker against him. Mm -hmm. When both campaigns were asked about Reel's reentry into the race, here's what Wiltshire said. He said it, he said it didn't make any sense to him. The ones that were going to vote for him were honestly going to vote for him if he was effectively running or standing down or doing nothing. But he hasn't been doing anything this entire campaign and to come out right now, seven days before the election, it's baffling. This is what Madden said. We will continue to deliver our message of progress on important issues to the voters, and I remain committed to protecting taxpayers and addressing the needs of our residents. Wow. Like, Madden bought. And, that's yeah, and, why then, this, and then a gear fell out of his, right. in his ear. And like, that's why I think Rodney's, you know, like Facebook Live, what do we count the trees for video is really, you almost have like a microcosm of like a Trump versus Clinton 
in these two candidates. Yeah. No, not like I don't mean to compare Rodney to Trump in any in any way that's like generous or anything. Yeah, but, but the fact that he close. but he like he does normal person things. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like um, get angry at trees. <laughs> or like get wicked into old man, old man shouts at sky yeah i mean he or, or lose an election and frost your tips uh yeah. <laughs> remember that oh, he was the first time he lost an election he, yeah he, he, he <laughs> roasting that bad but yeah so so oh man it, it, what was so oh, odd uh with this tape is that you know i'm sure real was caught pretty flat-footed uh because he he was essentially somebody that they weren't supporting they weren't giving like money they weren't showing up at at, at, at events or throwing like fundraisers for him or whatever. And, um, as a party, he was like sort of similar to what I was for the green party, but like the Republicans, but so it's like a much bigger party, uh, which is basically to run. And at least as far as my relationship to the greens was, it was like pretty much expected that I would lose at the general election. But like, if I could at least win the primary, then they could be like, we actually have a green, you know, whereas like, you know, we live in Rensselaer County. And also Gully wouldn't have picked up all of those greens votes. Yeah. Yeah. Or, but that's the, the, the thing is like how many people, cause anybody can on election day. So yeah, let's do, can, can we just briefly, so the, there's like the big issue that I've been very hungry to talk about with this local election that we just had that I think is relevant to like larger questions of how democracy and voting is supposed to work, which is we had three people running for Supreme court in New York that were on all of the party ballots. They were on the Democrat, Republican, conservative, independents, working families, and green parties. Well, that, that's because they're very, uh, you know, independent minded and, uh, you know, they're just very neutral. You know, they don't, yeah. no politics in you the basically, You know how the color in, white is a presence of all colors? Like in this election, you had no choice for Supreme Court justice because they were all, you could pick three and there were four and they were all on the same parties. But so, so this, this like issue of fusion voting and the fact that, you know, candidates can run on different party lines as I think like I've gone back through the last few elections and just looking at pure vote counts. And it's not like this is some journalistic inquiry. Anybody can tell you this, but it's had a huge that like fusion voting on the local ballots has had a really big impact because, you know, and so that leads us to this question, right. Of when Carmelo Mantello manages to get a, you know, a line on a, on working families or on the green party ticket or wherever else, how many of those, 115 people who voted for on that ticket line are actually just voting straight party because they have the same affiliations as the green party and they don't realize that she is. And it might be even more Machiavellian than that. Like it might be that people are writing like Carmela Mantello in on the green party thing as like dedicated hardcore Republican supporters. And that's my question. Yeah. Is how many of each yeah, is there? Exactly. Be, it's a different problem. Yeah. For, for the purpose of saying, Hey, look, not only uh, does she manage to steal the uh, green party ballot every year, but like the greens out and, and support her in the general, they, they vote on the green line instead yeah. of the Republican line. Right. And um, the, the fact that that has been normalized in the local politics of both the Democratic Party and the Green or the Republican Party, that what you do is you do an opportunity to ballot in in all the party lines, including the Greens and the working families and whatever. And you uh, put a write-in campaign, which is mostly absentee campaign. 
like, uh, I, you know, my opponent, Jim Gully beat me. I forget exactly the final count. I think it was like 14 to like four for like a, uh, 14 to eight or something. It was a, it was a lot. Well, yeah. I, Cause I looked up yours. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And also to keep things exactly in perspective, like in district two, Sweeney lost to Kim Ash McPherson by seven votes. Yeah. Right. So like it well, doesn't it, need to it, be it, that has is, is still being contested, right? Yeah, because yeah, they have to like is, yeah. go into the absentee ballots, which like yeah. are apparently a bigger uh factor than I really thought. Yeah. Uh, because uh parties are running campaigns that are almost entirely absentee ballot. So do you have the the numbers? Uh 11 to 4. Okay. So it was 11 to 4. I was up 4, he was uh, at 2 on election day. So nine of his 11 votes came from, uh, absentee ballots. Cause I had won, uh, by two, by, uh, by two votes, uh, for this, you know, like district position on the Green Party, um, the day of the election. But then I massively lost because of the write-in, um, uh, absentee, uh, absentee ballot. Because this was a writing campaign for the primary of, of the Green Party and that this happens every single time. This is what they've been doing. I don't know how long the law's been in place for, but this is what the Democrats do. This is what the Republicans do. People have been doing this for hundreds of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like... Yeah. The, so actually, the going back to the anti-rent war, like the way that voting, because just I was thinking about this today when I was looking at all these ballots and doing the numbers to see like who potentially kind of stole the, the ticket through this ballot line process. And... It used to be that like single ballot voting was the norm. Everybody, you didn't like get a full ballot the way that we do when we vote. You would get like a stub that was your party ballot and you could use another one, but they were color coded. There was a lot of so like before the anti-rent wars broke out, all of the tenants, they just got a ballot from their patroon and that was the ballot they cast. Mm. Like, sure, they could obtain a different ballot, but that ballot is green and their ballot is blue. And so, you know, there's a lot of like social pressure. And like the the anti renter's biggest strategy was getting, you know, a ballot line of politicians who were directly responsible to their constituents because they wouldn't get reelected without that single ballot line. Mm, mm. So it is fusion voting. You know, this is a Republican or not a the Whigs back then. Yeah. But, you know, this is like a, a Republican or a Democrat who is on a third party ballot. Yeah, but how did all anti-rent voters? How did they uh th th organize whether or not they had the support of that um So they line? actually they had a convention. Yeah. And so, they would so send it, delegates. So it was it was somewhat democratic the process, yes. right? Whereas like the Green Party, right? People who are actual Green Party members, you know, interested in wanting the Green Party to like actually succeed as like an organization and a body and its agenda and its platform and everything. Those people join the Green Party, right? And in Troy, it's something like 200 people, 220 people are, are Greens. Of that 220, about 100 are Democrats or Republicans that are so into being Democrats and Republicans that they've joined the Green Party for the purpose of fucking up their primary elections and writing in right. the Democratic. Yeah. And just like, it's so... There's the Green Party as it exists in any type of a democratic thing. What do you, do you even call that like group of 200 people, half of which are antagonistic to the, the platform and issues of the Green Party? The Green Party? Like, I mean, what does it take to like, besides saying you're in the party to like 
actually be of it because there's people who you know volunteer and they're like you know trying to make the green party succeed and doing all this stuff and they're like we need to defend our line and i i agree with that in the sense that there's like these people that agree with like this mission and the goal of the party considering themselves the real ones but like you know the the fact that half of the party i think in troy is like not actually that if they had a some type of democratic process other than the ballot box for deciding who their um you know uh, primary candidates would be i don't know like how well, do you- the, i mean the green party is responsible for solving this problem and yeah. like the state greens know that this is a problem they make little leaflets that say you know protect our ballot line do not ever sign a a petition to opportunity the ballot like yeah you know don't ever but you say that in one hand and then on you know like that's a leaflet that they probably put out at a couple of meetings most people i think who are just like casual registered greens who vote the green the green party ticket I would imagine most people are not aware of a lot of this shit yeah. and a lot of these dirty tactics. Yeah. So the Greens need to do better work of educating people that, hey, this is how it works and this yeah. is how the party is being manipulated and we have to do something about and, it. And, and to, to the credit of the Green Party this year, they've really picked <clears throat> up that effort. And so I was, I got involved, you know, I have a very, very limited platform of, you know, this podcast to like get it out. And we talked about it, I think it was like episode three when I was like running for uh, city council. So the effort to do that is like, getting taken more seriously like i'm on the uh, now all of the uh email lists and stuff and the issue is just there's so few people that are in the green party and willing to invest time and energy into it because we don't we have ranked choice voting we have first pat as supposed and so it's seen as like uh exclusively like a loser uh when it comes to elections but so like fusion voting in in the case like uh, like with the anti-rent wars, it is really useful because you have a sort of like short-term single-minded group of people who have a serious like single, single voter issue. Yeah. And you can just like collect different politics, like different representatives from different political parties and like put them all in one line. And then you can, so like with, with the, during the anti-rent wars, the, you know, people trusted like the leaders of their community, people who are often more educated and more privileged than the rest of the constituency, the movement. Um, and then they could go and they can make connections and find people who will be directly uh, responsible to their voting block. And they put them on a ballot and then everybody can vote together as a block. And then if somebody fucks you over and they don't pursue the legislative agenda that they promised to you, well, they just lost, you know, a third of the votes that got them elected in the last election because they just lost the anti-rent vote or the women's vote or like the free soil vote um, or all of these other movements that were happening at the time. But we don't really do that anymore. Mm. Like the Greens, instead of being hyper-focused on one issue like climate and energy Mm. um they are focused on a million and a half issues now and so it's harder i think that also makes a real challenge to like building coalitions yeah fusion voting doesn't have to be this way well right you just need way more greens way more working family parties people who are actually invested in the party yeah yeah you're right you're right and i think that that's like the, the 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 main thing is to figure out how to get people to reconsider third and fourth and fifth or whatever parties um, as viable uses of their uh, political energy. Um, Because right now they're seen as like simply a waste because of the fact that as much as they might campaign or whatever, ultimately it's uh, pulling 
critical energy out of a currently like almost like deadlocked, like at equal halves uh, two party system that, you know, despite a large amount of congruity between the two parties has at least some ostensible value to like winning that fight. And so I understand people's like objection to greens or or third parties, et cetera, as being like spoilers or whatever. But at the same time, it's exclusively the idea that third party candidates can't win elections that keeps people from voting third party. Like if, well, I mean, even the, just like the fact that we call them third parties, right? Yeah. It sort of makes it seem like they're, like they're, like they're second class uh, politicians. Yeah. Yeah, But, and you know, there's also the problem that like, like that the green party, most of all, I think is guilty of that. They run like Jill Stein or Ralph Nader for president. And then Howie Hawkins for governor of New York. And that's it. You know, and like, the, and they're going to lose those elections. Well, are, but, the, are those the ones that we pay attention to? Because like, there's got to be greens all over the country, uh, you know? Maybe, but, but like, they're, Isn't they're the not winning. Seattle a green? Yeah. But the point is, I, I think is, is that like, I don't see the greens have any sort of powerful ground game in local elections. And like, you know, with like four votes, six votes, yeah, yeah. you know, to, but, you know that, that, that win these elections, I just never, ever see Greens put up a, well, like a real fight for the, those seats and then build up. Well, the, 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 the fight though is, is it's a chicken and egg situation, right? Like the reason that there isn't energy is that there isn't energy, right? Like it, there, and to, to have that energy, that's energy that could be, you know, at the DSA tenants, um, uh, union, you know, sure. it could be, uh, helping, David Bissimber, you know, win the city council, whatever, you know, it could be doing whatever in terms of just like in a mass of time and effort and labor to, you know, get somebody elected. And so getting ranked choice voting is like the best possible thing for building alternative coalitions of people as possible, because now you suddenly have the ability to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to vote green and then Dem because I know the green isn't going to win. But for, you know building actual coalitions that are self-selecting, you know, like it wouldn't behoove the democratic or Republican party to infiltrate and fuck up the green party line. If it was ranked choice, like ranked choice would help in, in a big way. Um, the electoral powers in the short term, the electoral electoral power, um, of the two main parties maintain and be intact. like, I don't know. It, I wonder at a certain point how much of the uh, the the population of the Republican Party do you need to be involved in the Green Party, such that the actual Green Party is itself just like radically well, pulled is, to the right. This is the the thing though is I think that a lot of this is because of New York's closed primaries. Mm. You don't have a ton of registered Greens because yep. anybody who that you're going to have a mass of like a massive population and in Troy, it's maybe let's say there's seven people. No, I'm kidding. Maybe there's like a few hundred people, right? Yeah, there's 223 or something. No, I'm not talking about registered greens. I'm talking about people who want to vote for the green party ballot and people who have an affinity for green party issues. They're not registered because they feel that their primary vote is more valuable in the democratic primary. I bet there's at least a thousand. Which we saw in 2016, was absolutely the case for Bernie yeah. Sanders because him yeah. not, you know, like hit uh, independence, not being able to vote for him, I think in large part caused him to lose New York. Right. Yeah. So you really don't have to have 
you're not going to get a ton of registered greens in Troy so long as we have closed a closed primary. Mm. And so what that means is that for these primary ballots, you only have to have, you don't have to have a huge number of registered of Republicans registered as greens. You only have to have enough who will, you have to have the eight that showed up the 11 that showed up for gully, yeah. you know, or, or was, mailed their ballots and they were or probably mailed their ballots to them in. pre-filled in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, where are all of the sincere greens in Troy who are registered greens, who have a political affinity with the green who aren't voting in this primary? I don't know, but four of them, including myself, showed up in my district and voted for me. So shout out to those other three people. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I don't even know who they were. I went uh, knocking door to door. I I knocked on all 35 registered greens in my district <laughs> twice. <laughs> Most of the time, they weren't home though. Uh, but yeah, or they were pretending not to be. Yeah, home. exactly. Yeah, but I went and solicited votes. I was like, "Hey, I'm trying to save the Green Party line, people." You know, yeah. there ought to be a green choice in this. I really wanted to go to the candidate forum, though, really bad. I wanted to uh, pull a Vermin Supreme. Did you ever see his uh, bit on C-SPAN? I have a shirt, yeah. David yeah, went I, as Vermin Supreme, like, oh two Halloweens in yeah, a row. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. pretty well done. That C-SPAN uh, uh, performance, and what, what was that, 2012? Probably. Yeah, mm-hmm. like... Uh, 18 years ago, who yeah. knows? <laughs> Shout out to Vermin Supreme. Uh, that guy's a legend, like... I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm optimistic about ranked choice voting, especially in our area. I I think it would actually do fairly well since we're one of the counties that went uh, Barack Obama twice and then Trump. Yeah. Uh, I I, th- I think that actually signals a willingness um, to to vote for, and then and then Bernie in the in the 2016 primary. I, I think that it did it did go Bernie in the primary. In the primary yeah, yeah. Here, I do yes. remember oh, that. Right, yeah. 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 Good. I think that combination signals to me at least that. Ranked choice voting around here would actually do quite, would create good results, I think. I don't think we really, though, dived really deeply enough into McLaughlin being the boss man. I just want to say, though, that, you know, he, like, it's just, like, so adorable that, like, they're all acting like they, like, like they, they know what they're doing, I guess. I don't know. They do know what they're doing because the Republicans are really running the table. But in general, uh, in general, like, I, like it's just—it's like watching that movie Gotti with a uh, John Travolta. Exactly. They—they they talk the way they imagine tough guys talk. Yeah. Like and, that. And Jim Corden, which I called Mr. Race Car in on Facebook, because he just has a picture of a race car. You know, like both both of them are just like yeah, the dumb guy's idea of a smart guy. Yeah. So I I have plenty more to say about Steve McLaughlin, our our, our beautiful boss baby man. But uh, you'll have to throw us a hammy for that. We'll, uh, We're going to have a real snark fest about uh, big piss, pissy poopy baby Steve McLaughlin. Is yeah, that, what yeah. did you call him on the car right over here? Yeah, he took a big pee-pee and a poo-poo in his diapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so that will be complete with some audio of his meltdown uh-huh. and some, some lovely commentary. And I have not listened to the whole thing. I've only listened to like the first minute and a half of one of the three recordings. So you'll, you'll get my honest and in the moment reactions. <laughs> it's <been> fresh. <laughs> it's so fresh. And, and those are worth at least uh, uh, $3. My emotion, <laughs> my emotional labor is worth at least three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, yeah, if you, if you uh, rate and review us on iTunes um, or, you know, throw us uh, some money at uh, buy me coffee, we'll send you some extra content where we um, get into a deep dive on these uh, tapes that 
emerged from somewhere um, and were published on the Times Union um, and are absolutely hilarious. The Boss Baby tapes. <laughs> Sex Pest tapes. Oh, that makes it sounds mo- sound more like uh, tintillating. Than yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to lead anyone on like that. All right, so what's tintillating, ro- not tintillating. What? Is that, are those different <laughs> words? Yeah. Tintillating? Tintillating's not a word. Oh, okay. I thought that's what you said. I, that's what I said. Yeah. But it's not a word. <laughs> okay. Cool. I feel tintillating. T- tittle, titillating tittle, is the word I wanted. Yeah. Titillating. Titillating. <laughs> I, just, I just thought of Steve McLaughlin's nipples and it made me feel bad. Oh, David. <laughs> so, fun fact the first fusion gubernatorial election was held in New York in 1854, in which the major party Whig candidate was supported in a fusion candidacy by 11 other political parties, among them the Strong Minded Women Party, the Anti Rent Party, and the Negro Party. So, fusion voting you know, historically has, has the potential to be like a powerful coalition tool, but fucking Republicans fucked it all up just like <laughs> they do with everything else. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I think ultimately, um, I, I feel like we really need to rank choice voting it back because, you know, like, I guess w- the working families party is like the closest thing to, you know, I, I don't know, like what, that is, you were saying that the Working Families Party didn't actually endorse any of the Republican candidates that somehow got the line. So no, they, no, and two in of fact, them did. two of the no, two of them did. So no, 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 two of the Republicans who ran for city council on the Working Families Party yeah, line got endorsed by the their party. their opponents were endorsed by the Working Families Party. But they they were on the line. They were on, on the line, but day. their opponents had been formally endorsed by the Working Families Party. And that's like a pretty popular party, right? Like a lot of people are involved in that. Yeah, I yeah. imagine yeah. if you had to like, you know, quick name a third party, like that would probably be up there. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Mary uh, E. Sweeney and Sue Steele, two Democrats, uh, both endorsed by the Working Families Party, both of their opponents won the Working Families Party ticket. Okay, so I guess what I'm saying is fusion voting isn't really the problem. It's opportunity to ballot. Like, this situation where the party, like, organization and its constituents that are, like, about that issue or whatever have no Democratic control over who ends up getting the line because we have... A, uh, a system where people use opportunity to ballot and then specifically stuff the ballot with as many people to register under that party, even if they want the antithesis of the actual goal of that, you know, party <laughs> to, to achieve so that they can sabotage it. Yeah. And so it, it goes, it goes back to the same thing. It's like first past the post, like whoever has more resources at bear, like the Republican and Democratic parties have so much resources at bear in terms of people that they can have a, portion of them say don't even worry about the voting in the primaries because we have closed primaries register as a green and write us in register as a working family and write us in working families literally has a thing on their website that says like a ballot line you can trust don't vote democrat (laughs) or republican yeah every one of our candidates is a bona fide progressive who cares yeah and then they're running so yeah with opportunity to ballot they can't possibly make that claim in good faith because they have no idea control over who's on their line yeah and so, yeah, that's like the thing that, I don't know, I wonder how, if we wanted to be activists, right, for, put our thinking caps on, uh. <laughs> if we wanted to be activists for the purpose of eliminating opportunity to ballot, like, 
the fuck would we do? Like, who would we have to rally? Like, what would you just need these these parties to do their job? Like, they just need to like every year or every election year have a robust slate of candidates. I think it really just comes down to you know the left in this area has like a really bad backbench. We don't have enough people ready and willing to run for all sorts of offices. The Democrats haven't run a, a sheriff in god knows how long so, so your your uh, recipe for your solution is essentially more like chutzpah more energy from the actual populace like get from the parties more, well the, no it's not just the populace it is the parties that need to go out and look for talent and cultivate it yeah because instead they focus on a couple of really big like high like high on the ticket items that i mean frankly like they don't really have a a good shot at or no, they, they don't. Or, or they they're content with like you know send a message to Andrew Cuomo and vote for him on our <laughs> yeah, line. But, but, yeah, and, but and like let's that, think about that doesn't do anything. Yeah, but let's take your argument to its next level. Um, you know, conclusion. Like let, let's assume for a second that the Green Party, for example, right, uh-huh. found and cultivated, as you say, yeah. um, incredible talent. Yeah. So there there was a really talented politician, right, that they were going to put on the Green Party line. Say. That politician was named Christopher Scully and say that he was running for city councilor <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, in yeah, District yeah. 1. So, say I'm like the best politician in the world, which I'm not and I never <laughs> will be. Uh, in fact, like I don't actually that, want to be a politician yeah, at all. Yeah, but, that, that's, uh, a, that's a point in your favor. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but, the, but the point is, assume for the argument's sake that I am that, I, you know, that talent that they've mm-hmm. grabbed by the, the horns. How do you actually go you get you to win yeah. when there's a bunch of like Republicans that are on, doing on the all, all, yeah, yeah. Well, well, part of, of like finding people that win is also just like building your party. But what does building your party actually you get, mean? They, no, but the, this is the problem is that that argument, David, while I agree with it, doesn't take into account the problems with the closed primary system. Like you can build yeah. as much party momentum at the local level as you want, but until you can have enough people who are willing to register in your party and give up their primary vote, which is what a lot of people want. That's why I'm a registered Democrat. Yeah, yeah I switched back. I am you know? <laughs> After yeah, running right. in the Green Party, I have enough time to switch back, back so that I could Democrat, actually yeah. vote in the primary. Yeah. So, or the general. General, yeah. 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 The, the Oh, no, no, the, the primary, because that's the only thing that matters yeah, in terms of party affiliation. Yeah, 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 it's like yeah, yeah, the next, the next you know, Democratic Yeah, like the 2021, yeah. uh, where I want to be able to vote for Bernie and yeah. have the county go no, in that direction. No, no, that's all, that's all yeah, no, I, I can see that. I so, mean, so, I, so, that doesn't, yeah. like, mean that I don't agree with you wholeheartedly. I do think that these, that these, you know, third parties need to put way more emphasis at a yeah. local level than they currently do the national level. And I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, I, I you're guess not going to get a green president. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, stop running Jill Stein. You're no, not doing anything well, by running Jill Stein. I, I think that they today. should, because I think Jill Stein did more for the visibility, both pro and con. I mean, like I voted Russia. For, she I, was in Russia. Yeah. She was so, very well. She did a great job. So I voted yeah. for Jill Stein twice. <laughs> yeah. I also met her and gave her a hug when she was dancing around and pounding a drum with a big, like, thing that was like looking like the earth and i ran into her at a protest that, that sounds like, like a, a very jill Stein it, it, yeah. yeah it was yes. a climate march in like 2014 or something and um i i ran into her and i was like are you dr jill stein she's like yeah i was like i voted for you for president and she gave me a hug and oh, she and then she looked me seriously like right in the eyes and said 
you have to get involved in government. We must take over the system. <laughs> like <laughs> I have to say, watching her speak was one of the most uninspiring political experiences. Oh, yeah? yeah, yeah she, she was, yeah, she's a bad speech so uh, order. Bad. I've Brit- only Brit- seen Brit- her. Yeah, Brittany and I went at the, the James Connolly Forum, I think it was. Was that what it yeah. was? Yeah, and we, we went and got ice cream. <sighs> I, all, I, all I saw was the, the optics of the campaign, but I saw her, like, delivering food and water to tree sitters, uh, blocking the uh, uh, eminent domain um, uh, actualization of like uh the uh, contractors cutting down um uh property that they like I have no like, doubt that yeah. she's not cool but she's not going to be president but to your point yeah, about yeah, yeah. visibility yeah, yeah. do you know what would really help with the Greens visibility what? if they had any fucking presence in like local Troy politics yeah. that was like resonated with the average person if you had a green city councilor for example that would change a lot of things, yeah. right? Yeah, that would be great. And so if we wanted to hypothetically get a single city councilor, right, what we'd have to do is we'd have to overcome the opportunity ballot uh, issue that we've you know spent uh, some good time discussing. And then we'd also have to um, like take the candidacy like super, super seriously. And we, Absolutely. you know, because if, that's the other thing is like people don't want to vote for somebody who isn't like serious. And and I, I get that. Um, um, and to be actually like gung ho about being a city councilor, that's like a twelve thousand, fifteen thousand dollars. Like I think yeah. gross or, or uh, not even net um, uh, paycheck per year for like 23, 25 hours of work per week. Yep. Like reviewing legislation, meeting with constituents, going yeah. to like ribbon cuttings, uh, all the city council meetings, prepping, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, glad handing, you know, just like all the shit that you have to be a politician for. It's like ironic, but we ought to pay if we wanted quality politicians, a living yeah. wage to yeah. those politicians so that they could do that. Not even full-time. just quality, but a more diverse yeah. representation. Yeah. Because you currently, only have people who can afford to do that free labor yeah by because they have other means yeah um, but absolutely like, that's absolutely correct yeah. but, but good luck being the city councilor arguing for a uh, raise. four times raise <laughs> yeah right yeah, exactly. you know like even though i think that's that'd be reasonable <laughs> yeah i remember uh after after the last presidential election, both it happened both after the primary, after Hillary won the primary and after Trump won the presidency was this massive call for people to like get involved in local politics. Yeah, That's yeah, where yeah. politics happens. Yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing all those calls and being like, have you ever been involved in local politics? Because Jeez. it's a sh- like it's a shit show yeah. and it's it's a slog. And like if you're trying to inspire people to like have hope. I don't know. I yeah. mean, it's not like necessarily a message I disagree with. It's just, there's going to be a lot of disappointed people out there. They're going to go to their library board meeting. Yeah. And realize, like, that they just spent like three hours of their night, like uh, whether like how many Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> yeah, like that fucking sucks. Like, that's fucking Yo, suck. my dad got involved in the local library board and he, you know, my dad was the best. Um, uh, rest in peace. Uh, and he, 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 uh, had this, um, position where he he had to argue for not censoring the internet despite the fact that people mostly transients would um or you know 
despite the fact that his own son continued to go to the library and look at <laughs> porn extremely loudly. Yeah. Chris, was, you just needed to bring your headphones, man. It yeah, yeah. All right. No, but for real, right. like, there were a lot of people, a lot of people who didn't have a, a place to look at porn otherwise, yeah. and a lot of people with mental illness that maybe would preclude them from uh, knowing it was socially uncouth to do such a thing. But um, they had a thing where, like, all right, we have to start censoring the internet. And yeah. they had this debate, like, this was, like, in the 90s or like, <laughs> like the early like yeah. early 2000s like you know back when it was just like basic html websites kind of thing uh and i remember he he was uh pretty uh adamant about being anti-restriction yeah. he was like we need to put solve this another way we need to like have uh, you know, a giant of... sign that says no porn. <laughs> yeah. Or <laughs> please do not look please, at porn. Please, Chris, plug in your headphones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris, Rebecca. I'm a teenage boy, all right? <laughs> I don't hormonal. understand. I'm hormonal. <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, uh, what, you want to do some wildflowers? There's a, there's a, there's a beautiful thing happening there uh, is. in the world. Uh, so ba- back in April, Peter Dow wrote in uh, The Nation magazine, I was Bernie's biggest critic in 2016. I've changed my mind. <laughs> you love to see it, folks. Right. Uh, you know, he, and the, I, I, I love that this is what he decided to, um, how, he, how he decided to describe this, this change in his life. I began to reach out to repair what had been broken. On Twitter, I unblocked Sanders supporters who I had argued with. I tried to see from their perspective, and I asked them to do the same. There's still some residual anger and skepticism, but the healing process has given me invaluable perspective, and I can now look at the 2020 primaries through a clear lens, the clear lens of fucking Bernie fucking Sanders. So the the lesson to be learned from the 2016 election that was obvious to all the supporters of Bernie was that Bernie would have won, and exactly one prominent person in the political sphere of America had their mind changed. Had their mind changed by this message. <laughs> I mean, like, Bernie would have won is sort of like shalom or aloha, you know? It's just like one of those things that you say that means like, hello, goodbye, and blessings, and like, you know, like, you're just like, it means that it's yeah. all those things at the same time. Uh, but yeah, But so, his tweets have been on fire lately. Yeah, yeah. So Peter this Dow did happen like way back all, when, but the reason that we're talking about it is because he's had some pretty choice tweets as of late. So for for folks who, you know, may may not know who peter dow is david who is peter dow peter dow refresh our memories peter dow is um a former lebanese child soldier who uh um that's true who then uh you know grew up to be a uh prominent supporter and uh staffer for the hillary clinton campaign in 2016 and then after that started an illustrious career running verit.com where he would <laughs> the good old days yeah where he, every single fact had a seven digit code that you could verify and uh and, and and they were all the- fake news <laughs> and then he went on from there to you know to keep bernie sanders in uh you know to be president you know what <laughs> so how did, this is maybe tangential but like how did the verit code work who it created the original, <laughs> like who created the original code peter Dow <laughs> <laughs> and his army of lebanese children no, it, it was a mental blockchain actually yeah and, right yeah uh, it, it's, it's twice encrypted instead of thinking about the porn you watched at the public library you know you run this like <laughs> verit code in the back of your head 
it generates seven digit but uh, all numbers. the very uh statements so is this website that you could go to to like see facts about hillary clinton right it was like it was like it was like actually Good facts about hillary clinton uh, yeah actually hillary clinton uh has never lied and, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> hillary clinton actually once caught chopping down her father's cherry tree <laughs> when caught red-handed with the axe said Father, I cannot tell a lie. Varic code seven eight five six three two four. And a lot of people don't know that story about Hillary Clinton. Yeah, but it's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Hillary, Hillary, and Bill Clinton did not employ uh, slaves in the governor's mansion in Arkansas. Those were prisoners that were not paid to do labor in Can their I house. Just say, like, I'm sorry. You're no, no, no. Like, so do you see this thing with uh, with Trevor Noah where Hillary Clinton is laughing? He asks her, how did you no, know Jeffrey I, Epstein? I, I've, yeah. I, I haven't, so I haven't I've been listening, listening to yeah. True and On and they, they did an episode today on it. And it was really good because like their point was, so Trevor Noah brings out Hillary Clinton for this interview on his stupid trash TV show. And he says, <laughs> Hillary Clinton, how is it? Po- how did you kill Jeffrey Epstein? And she starts dying laughing. And he's like, why is it that you have all of this power? And yet you're not the president of the United States. And ha 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 ha. And everybody's laughing. And it's like, she knew, she knew him. Yeah, oh, yeah. Knew, That's supposed to be his she friend. Ghislaine Maxwell was yeah. at Chelsea Clinton's wedding. Yeah, and yeah. Like, so for her to just be, you know, like the, the point that, that they were making on True and On was that like, this isn't like me and you joking about Epstein not committing suicide. This is like somebody who is intimately tied up in that power ring yeah. and ultimately like bears some responsibility for its flourishing just by proximity. Well, 26 um, like, times her husband went on the Lolita Express. Yeah. Like her she, husband who has credible accusations of like sexual assaults against him. And yes, like, you know, it's just like, so tasteless isn't even the word. It's like all of those victims yeah. who now will never find justice. Those women who were or, or trafficked, you, you know, and, and, but she gets to go on Trevor Noah and like cackle about how, how, all isn't that funny? Rude, isn't it hilarious that I think that Hillary Clinton had a murder, you know, it's yeah. Like, isn't it hilarious how intimately connected with a pedophile bil- uh, billionaire ring that was run like in, in out of like my direct sphere of influence, like, ha ha ha. <laughs> and I, I don't know how galaxy brain this is. I can't even tell, but, um, you know, like even if that didn't happen, and none of the conspiracy theories are true, and we just live in a really mundane world, then her friend committed suicide in jail. Right? Like... Which is also not hilarious. Which is not something you laugh about (laughs) on on basic cable. Yeah. Like, I don't, like... That's weird. Like, that is also crazy. Yeah, like, if if you... But that's the thing is, no one, no one buys. Right. That's the thing is, like, everyone's clowning on the whole uh, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself because, like, I think it's it's gotten to the point where the critical mass is, like, obviously. Right, yeah. Like, just stop talking about it. It's too obvious, yeah. Like, I'm... Like, like, the only people who don't have that attitude are people who have never heard of Jeffrey Epstein. They're like, what, huh? Like, you know, if you, if you were randomly talk to them, like anybody knows who Jeffrey Epstein is, they, they know he didn't commit suicide. Like that's, that's where I'm at. I think that like, <laughs> it, we're, we're at the point where the majority of people are like, yeah, that guy definitely got got there was, or was, didn't die unless it was somewhere else. No, there, there is a poll 
that says that Warren supporters think that he committed suicide and Sanders supporters say that he was murdered. That is a fact. Yes. That is a fact. That is That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. That because that cuts poll. across people who at least ostensibly have a platform of similar material interests. Yeah. You know, like that, that's interesting. Material interests of finding about, out who killed. Yeah, I, th- I think it's about trust and authority. You know, Elizabeth Warren, she has plans, she has proposals. And so even if they're, you know, idea, if they have the same rhetoric, like I trust her more because she is an expert. And I think it's the same with whether or not you say, well, there was an autopsy and a coroner. And if it, it was ruled a suicide, then, you know, I just, that seems most likely to me. Whereas anybody who knows any of the details of like what came out of the autopsy report or that like he sat forward really hard and hung himself with a sheet. Like that's not people who really, really want to hang themselves and have like all of the material ability to do so sometimes fail. So the idea that like, Anyway, that's a, that's a little bit. Well, yeah, it's because he's such a math genius that he was able <laughs> to calculate the exact force necessary <laughs> to break the neck bone but, that would kill him. But basically, I think I think you you pointed it out. It's like the level of interest in like what's really going on here. I think is like the 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 deciding factor. Like if you the more you think about the specifics of the Epstein case and also the the both specifics and grand worldview picture that the whole Epstein saga has illustrated to us all. It's like the people who are thinking about the world in terms of power and how it, it manifests and behaves and the, uh, the six and carrots of the various actors and everything else. Like they're all in the, he didn't, commit suicide in, in, in prison. Yeah. Like a camp. And I feel like those are also tend to be the people who are like, yeah, Bernie's really about this. And yeah. like, I don't necessarily think that, um, uh, Elizabeth Warren is, but I like, think it's a combination of curiosity and suspicion of power. I mm, think are like the two things that, yeah, that yeah. sort of like, um, d- like kind of the, that's where yeah. the crossroads between like Warren and Sanders and Epstein and, um, like what, I don't know. There's just something about like a, a suspicion of power and like a disdain for um, the people who are so like nakedly evil and deserve to be eaten. Yeah. Skeptic curiosity. Yeah. Skeptical <laughs> curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here, uh, back to Chairman Dow. All right. This was supposed to be yeah. a wildflower. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to lift it up here. Okay. 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 Uh, a dramatic reading of a Peter Dow tweet from nine hours ago. Bernie bros. I never used that term, but I'm still sorry I ever suggested hashtag Bernie supporters were responsible for more vicious trolling and harassment than other people because the crap I'm getting into from Bernie haters for moving left isn't pretty. Hell yeah. Also, I, I let me pull up a, uh, a Peter Dow that I, I retweeted because I wanted to know who, who bread-pilled Pete. What is realistic in all caps? In 2016, I believed realism was incremental progress in the face of an intransient GOP. In 2019, I've come to believe that a radical overhaul of our corrupt system is the only way to make genuine progress. Hashtag Medicare for all. Hashtag Green New Deal. Hashtag General Strike. (laughs) 
Yo, woke Peter can get it. I'm letting you guys know. David, I'm putting you on notice. Okay, Peter Dow has any interest. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but yeah. for real, I, I I think I think it's hilarious. It and, is, and it's yeah. and it's awesome. And I'm glad that uh, everybody is, you know, uh, allowed to change and be, you know, do do what they got to do. You know. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, uh, here, one more from the, the book of Tao. <laughs> uh, to those who say, but centrists win elections, riddle me this. What's the point of winning elections if the country keeps tilting to the far right? Example, Obama won and then expanded Bush's drone policy, extrajudicial killings, and indefinite detention. Yep. Yeah. Somebody's yeah. been doing their Soros reading, I uh, see. Yeah, National yeah. Defense Authorization Act of 2012. Uh, Barack Obama actually made in black and white it actual law to have a parallel justice system that can target, kill, disappear, uh, torture anybody, and it, whether there's an American citizen or not anywhere, including on American soil. Again, as wildflower, long, Chris. As they are <laughs> suspects of terrorism, which the government also doesn't have a working definition for. Wildflower. <laughs> if, you ever, if you ever lose hope that people can't change and like people are just um, that, you know, like politics is so entrenched and we're all just talking past each other and nobody ever changes their idea, their ideas about anything. Think of Peter Dow and all the hardworking Bernie bros on Twitter who have who have made him see the light. And honestly, folks, if you're not out there posting. I don't see how you can call yourself an activist. <laughs> Always be posting. That's how real change happens. Yeah. Post about general strikes. That, 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 that's a, a seed I think will bear some good fruit. If, if people start identifying with being like, Oh yeah, general strikes are really cool. <laughs> you know? I mean, Peter Dow likes them. So yeah, I take all my marching orders from him. I think I saw a tweet that was like, what if we tricked everybody into taking a, a, a general wellness day? And then just calling it, calling it a general strike. General so they're just like going down to the ports and like yeah. blocking the, the cargo ships from either coming or going. Being like, nah, we're just going to share what we have until we run scarce enough that we'll give up this blockade. Oh, hey, hey Joe, you ever think of yourself? <laughs> what do you need right now? <laughs> All right. So uh, you can find us on Twitter. Ironweeds Pod. You can find us on Instagram. Ironweeds pod. If you want to hear um, big baby McLaughlin, big yelling, boss baby, big boss baby McLaughlin, sex McLaughlin. Yeah. Uh, you can get some bonus episode content. We're also going to talk about No Nut November, I yeah. believe. So buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash ironweeds. As little as what, like a two dollars, a dollar? I think it's in weird. It's only like, like seventy dollars. Yeah, okay, yeah, so. seventy-five dollars. <laughs> it's three, four, three, four, and five increments. Increments of three, four, and five. Also, um, uh, if you just leave a good re- five-star review uh, on uh, the iTunes and, and screenshot that, we'll or also, four stars. We will also accept yeah, four yeah. stars as long as there's like constructive criticism. Construction, g- g- yeah. yeah. Give us something to work with. Yeah, help. four yeah. stars with a written review. Five stars. Just solid. You don't have to write anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Screenshot that. Hit us up at uh, ironweedspod at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. And then, we'll, yeah, we'll do some barter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of non-tangible goods. All right. Until next week. Absolutely. Party on. Bernie would have won. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>